Hello, friends. I'm so excited to introduce you to my new friend who is an Instagram whiz of stories and reels. She's a podcaster and a clubhouse queen. Hi there. I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself and give us your background because you have quite a story of where you were in the corporate world and how you have transitioned to having your own business. Oh my gosh. Yes. No, I I always like to joke that I've had nine lives and uh, at least business lives. I started my career after college right in the entertainment industry here in Los Angeles. That's where I was born and raised. Always wanted to kind of be on set and see the way TV was made and all of that. So I, um, I got a job in casting right after college and I was a casting assistant and then quickly moved up. And by 2007, I was... I had my own company as a casting director and I was casting a bunch of different shows for like Nickelodeon, Disney, MTV, ABC, Fox, CBS. I mean, the list goes on all the shows. And while everyone on the outside thought, oh my gosh, that is the coolest business ever. I actually was not fulfilled and I didn't really understand why because like on paper, it felt so cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so what happened was I started to, you know, be kind of unhappy in my life. I struggled with anxiety a lot. I was just kind of lethargic. I was not, I was just not at my best, like a hundred percent. And I'm a happy person. So it was definitely a starting to affect me. I had had my two young kids. And at that point um, I was between jobs. Casting is a freelance world. And I was between jobs. And I remember laying in bed one day in 2017, I was really sick. I got like a really bad flu and it was a Monday and I had 103 fever and I just felt so like, is this what life is? Like, that's it. Like, I'm just going to be sitting here waiting for the next job without being in control and then getting the job and not even wanting the job when I'm in it. And like, I just felt this moment. I was like, I I need to break free. Like I need to figure something out. And so in this kind of sick moment, I decided to take what I knew I could do, which was work with actors and especially kid actors, because I was casting all these Disney shows and, you know, discovering all these Disney stars. 
um, and then turn that into a coaching business. So in this like kind of sick moment, I created a, a website and announced it on Facebook. And within 24 hours, I got my first client. And before you know it, um, my business really exploded. So within you know 18 months, I was doing really well. I was making over six figures from home with no overhead except a VA. And um, and then people started saying, how are you doing that? Like, how did you grow your business? And I was like, Instagram, like literally Instagram, not Facebook, not Twitter. Instagram is where I, I grew my business. And um, so people started to ask me, uh, how did you do it? Can you help me? Can you help me? And I realized like that was really what I was meant to do. I was meant to work with other entrepreneurs and give them this kind of confidence to show up on camera, on stories, on reels, and um, and be themselves and, and connect with their audiences and make bigger impacts that way. Because you can't grow a business anymore without showing your face, which I know you know on Clubhouse why that's doing so well, because mm-hmm. people want that human connection. And it starts on Instagram showing up and it continues on Clubhouse speaking up. So my whole thing is show up and speak up. I love that. And I love how I think you're the perfect example of when we have like new entrepreneurs coming into the space and they're like, I know I want to do something, but I don't know what, like just Mm. do what you already know and transfer it over. And that's what you did. And then I'm assuming like I've talked on the podcast before, you just kept tweaking it until you're like, this is it. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. And people don't realize how easy it is to start a business if you're doing something that you already feel comfortable in. People sometimes say like, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to do something completely out of my comfort zone. Like all of a sudden I'm going to start knitting, right? Um, Because I've always wanted to be creative. Well, that's going to be very challenging for someone that doesn't have that experience. So it's, you're right. It's like taking baby steps every day and getting more and more comfortable into that kind of, that genius zone. and. I don't think this is going to be the last of my pivots. Like I, I, I mean, right now I'm feeling very happy where I am. Thank God, very aligned. But like Clubhouse joined in 2021. I didn't ever think that that was going to be part of my business. And it is now. So you never know, like as things change and as, you know, I grow and my connections grow and my audience grows, like things will always change, but that's okay. We should be able to kind of pivot and not feel stuck just because that's what it says on our Instagram bio. You know what I mean? Yes, I love that. And I love how you had said, you know, you had your kids. And I always like to ask people because there's like this facade. I think that people think that entrepreneurs do it all, that we have kids and we're super Uh mom and we do all the things. So I always like to ask people, what does a normal working day or week look like for you as a mom? Yeah, that's that's the biggest struggle. Like I have friends that are entrepreneurs and don't have kids like by choice, you know, like older 40 plus year old women. And they've always just said, like, I never wanted kids. And sometimes I'm look, I'm so envious Mm -hmm. because the amount of time that they must have, you know, Um, I, my days are kind of, now my kids are back in school. Thank God they're, they're five and eight and the boys are back in school from eight to two every day. So I do have that break. And then three days a week, I do hire outside help to be here until five, because I just was starting to realize that, you know, I will not be able to get enough done if I have to stop my day every time at every day at two. And the truth is hanging out with them from two to like dinner time is kind of pointless because I'll still be working and then they're just going to be on iPads or TV. So I just figured I'm going to pay that money so someone can actually like be with them and hang out with them and play with them. And, um, and I I'm home on Mondays and Fridays 
and I just make it work. I mean, it, it's every day is a struggle. I, I, I'm the, the worst mom in the sense of like keeping up with the school stuff. I have no idea when, when things are due. <laughs> I always forget stuff at home. Like I'm, I cannot get that together. I can't get that together at all, but I can do a lot of other stuff. I'm the exact same way. I always feel like whenever it's like Turner's day that he has to take cold lunch, two times a month, I'm getting a call. Hey, um, Turner didn't have a lunch today. Yep, I'll be there in a minute. Like I'm coming. Luckily, the school's right down the road. I throw some salami, a cheese stick, and a yogurt in, an apple, and here you go. But it is. I, I'm the exact same way. I thought I would be super mom when it came to school stuff. And in this season, I'm not. And, but I w- your kids are a little bit younger. How? What grade is your youngest in right now? Kinder. Kinder. I have a kindergarten and a second grader. And so my Turner, my oldest is in kindergarten. And now that both of the boys are in school, do you feel like this year you kind of were able to take a breath and work more? Did that change at all? My kids have been in school since two. I was not ever someone that wanted to keep them home. I I stuck them in preschool as early as they could go. I am definitely not, I'm not a helicopter mom and I'm not a mom that really is good at spending like hours and hours and hours with them. I'm just going to be honest. Like there's only so many hours I can. Someone needs to hear you say this. So I love that you're saying that and speaking. Oh, Yeah. I love my kids and I think that they would probably think I'm an amazing mom. I, there's no there's no anything but love, but I am not patient to play games all day. I have too much I want to do. I have too much I want to work on. I have too much I want to create. I have too many people I want to connect with. I, I I truly believe that that spending quality time with them is better in smaller chunks like on the weekends and maybe like dinner time to bedtime around around that time but like that midday stuff I am not good because I am not present and I don't want to be present I want to be working on me I literally feel like having kids was you know one of the things that completed me and I'm so grateful that I have them and I'm raising really, really good, smart kids. I know I am. And my husband is also part of that too, but he and I are both entrepreneurs. We both have our own businesses. We're both busy. Like you wouldn't believe. And we're both very fulfilled by our work. And so it's tricky when, you know, we're doing it for them, but some people can misinterpret it as we're not for them, Mm. that we're choosing work. But we have the best family time. Like when we do have family time, you know, on the weekends when we're like, everyone put your devices away because my kids are obsessed with their addicted. I mean, absolutely addicted to their iPads. And when we're like, put our stuff away and we go on family walks or we go to the beach or we go on, you know, when we used to do vacations and stuff, it's, it's the best. We have the most fun together. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I can't be good at everything. I know I'm really, really good at my business. I'm really, really good at that. Am I the best mom ever? I don't know. I guess that's subjective. I guess it depends what, you know, my mom worked her butt off when I was growing up. Single mom. She didn't have, I didn't have dad around and I still think she was a kick-ass mom. So like, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, Yeah. I don't feel guilty about it either. I'm like, and when, when my girlfriends come over and stuff, I'm like, kids go play TV or iPad or do whatever. Like I'm hanging out with my girlfriends right now. I think it's kind of nice to not feel like you're obsessed with your kids all day long and making sure they're happy and good and entertaining them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you spoke that because I know that there's people and I was just having a conversation with a friend earlier today. I was like, Thatcher's getting mad when I'm boxering someone back. And so now I have to decide like, 
okay, we have to have the conversation of like, this is mommy's work. Like mommy is working and you need to play. And when I'm done, I will give you my attention. And we've been, and that's exactly. been a great thing for Turner, my kindergartner, because he understands a little bit more than Thatcher who's four. That I'm like, when mommy is on her phone or talking and you come up, like I, it's like I'm having a conversation with daddy. It's just someone like I'm working. And that was like, a, I could see it flip that he was like, oh, like you're working like daddy is working down the basement. And I was like, yes, like earning, like they say we earn coins. Yes, I'm earning coins. So I need you. Yeah. And he was like, oh, so now he'll come up and he'll say, hey, mom, if I'm on my phone and he waits and I say just a second and I finish and then I give mm-hmm. him and it, it stopped fighting, like, you know, him being angry. You have to kind of like, you have to set those standards for your kids because kids don't know what to do unless the parents tell them how to do and what to do. And I think so many, and this is going to sound judgmental, it's not at all, but I think so many moms are so, um, you know, they'll be in the middle of talking about anything, even on a clubhouse room. You know, sometimes that happens where my kid comes up to me in a clubhouse room. But what I'll say is like, if I notice that the five-year-old is not getting it and he's like running after me, he's calling my name and I'm giving him that face, you know, that face that we all give like, no. But if, if that's the case, I'll say, guys, just one second, I have to mute myself and I'll mute myself. But sometimes on clubhouse, it's so interesting, Michelle. I don't know if you've noticed this, where women will talk on a stage of 300 people, they'll ask the question. And in the middle, the kid comes to talk to them. And they're like, yes, honey, hold on. Mommy's on a call right now. Just once. Yes, yes, you can have a snack. Yes, okay. Sorry, sorry, my kid is. Honey, no, we're not going to. I'm like, read the room. <laughs> don't don't make the entire room have to struggle through this experience. I want to say like, no, kid, no. This is work, whatever it is. Or just mute yourself. So I, I I'm a little bit. Um, probably a little bit tough on that because I grew up knowing not to bother my parents when they were on work calls. And I think it's really important to learn that skill. Mm, yeah, I love uh, and it is hard. And I agree because I've had Thatcher come up while I'm talking, but he also knows or I'm very much like we play and do stuff. And then sometimes I'll be like, okay, in like 10 minutes, it's going to be mommy's turn to talk. And then you need to read the book and then I'll come back when I'm done. And it just, you know, plays. Mm -hmm. And that has been helpful too. And sometimes he'll come up, but it's inevitable in the world that we're living in of working. Exactly. And it's fine. It's just about, I guess, being like um, aware of the other people that are sitting and having to listen to your parenting for an hour, right? We are so excited to be introducing to you the Living Your Calling Retreats. These retreats are going to be for women to reconnect to themselves and to join in community with like-minded women. We are going to take you from places from the Midwest to the beach to the mountains. And this is going to be a time for you to disconnect and have time away and to focus on yourself and to take a break from whatever it is you need. These retreats are gonna be like nothing you have experienced before, and we are creating them with you in mind. If you would love to know more about the Living Your Calling retreats, you can head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist that you can be the first to know when we are gonna be connecting together. We are so excited to create this for our community, and we cannot wait to meet you and to join a community at the Living Your Calling retreat. Oh, well, let's transition into talking about one of your areas of expertise, which is stories and reels and um, how you convert people from stories and reels because you've done it with, you just recently got your swipe up, which, yeah, I'm I so got it last night. 
right? But oh my god, this was a big deal. But there is like ways to do it to still have your audience engage with you without having the swipe up. Yes. Um. So I want to be very clear. I started my Instagram account. This was my business account. I started in April of 2018 in a completely different business, right? Like at that time, I was just coaching child actors. I had a podcast called The Young Actors Guide. That's all I did. Um, I seriously, uh, you know, was a very, very, very uh, intent and intentional on showing up every day on stories. That was the first thing I decided I needed to do only because I realized that the only reason I was following people was how they were showing up in stories. So like I always think about my really good friend who's like a real life friend, but we met on Instagram. Um, her name's Lainey. She, she's a, she has a food blog, Life is But a Dish. And she's a mom here in, in my town. And we connected because I started following her. And the reason why I followed her was, yeah, her recipes are great. So I'd go to her blog for her recipes. But I really always made sure to watch her stories every day because I became like part of her life. And she was part of my life. Like I wanted to know what her husband was doing. I wanted to know what her kids were doing. I wanted to know what she was making, any sort of kitchen hacks that she had that day. She had inside jokes with her audience, dance parties, all these things that I was like, I didn't really like feel like the night was complete until I checked in with her. And I, I remember when I started this account in April, 2018, I said, if I want that, if I feel like I need that to feel like I get to know someone and connect with them, then they're going to want it too. And other people want that as well. And so I'm going to give it to them. Um, and at first, my audience was very small. I remember like celebrating 300 followers. And then it started to really grow because that community of actors, you know, spreads like wildfire. And I was giving a lot of tips. That was another thing. I wasn't just showing up. I was teaching, acting, and audition tips every day. I was very intentional about it, at least like five days a week. And it started to grow slowly, slowly. But then when I pivoted my business, I had about 4,000 followers when I pivoted my business, or maybe five, um, back in the beginning of 2020. Um, and and I was very scared to have to tell them that I was going to pivot. And my engagement dropped significantly when I did. Um, but then it started to build. And I lost a lot of followers because people were like, well, I don't need to follow an entrepreneurial account. Mm -hmm. Um but I, but people started to show up and actually sharing my stress and my anxiety around that pivot and being scared to disappoint people was one of the first times I showed up very vulnerable and, um, and it gained me a lot of trust from people. And then I started to realize, wow, you can really get to know someone through the stories. It's not about growth. It's about, um, strength, strengthening, going deeper with those people, because it's very easy to press follow. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about you. Sometimes I'll hit follow on people because maybe I'll listen to them on a podcast or I'll see them in a clubhouse room or whatever it is. And then about a month later, I see their stories randomly. And I'm like, who is this? I have no idea who they are. So it's really important to connect with those people pretty much like right after they start to follow you and nurture the crap out of them. And then when they are looking for those services, you're top of mind. Yeah, which is how you and I have stayed connected. I think yeah. like right out of the gate in a clubhouse room. I don't know which one. We'd have to <laughs> like go back and look. one of the first like ones. I remember this so well. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, it was one of the first ones we were talking about your podcast. Uh -huh. yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And that's how we connected. And um, 
but it was like getting in intentional, which is just like the same thing in clubhouse Yeah, I tell people, I'm like, you just can't be in the room and sit there. You then have to go connect and message the people and tell them what value they brought to you. Yeah. And then to help them remind to start the conversation. And I love that, you know, and how you mentioned it's bringing the people in a little bit deeper, which is what clubhouse does too. I I mean, a hundred percent, which is why they inter interact. Like, my account, like I said, beginning of 2020 was between four and 5,000. The end of 2020 was around 7,000, light 7,000s. 2021, mm-hmm. I grew almost 3,000 followers. And the only yeah. reason is Clubhouse. So the reason why, though, is because people get to like pass over that kind of getting to know you phase. They already feel connected because they're listening to you speak to them. And maybe you'll be having conversations back and forth. Another thing that's really important is that what you just said about when you're when you're talking to people or when you're in a clubhouse room you can't just sit there and you have to connect a message it's because the reason why i've been successful in clubhouse or you have too and 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 everything is because it becomes you want to become a familiar person to these people mm-hmm. and the only way to become familiar is consistency and the same on instagram so on instagram if i just showed up on stories once a month People would never remember who I was the next time I showed up on stories. It's seeing me every day mm-hmm. and making me be that person that they don't want to go to bed without watching that story, which I get that all the time from people saying like, you're the one person I make sure I watch every day. It's because I'm giving them something that they know that they are always going to benefit from an education, entertainment, value, whatever, comedy, wine, you know, whatever my life is. And I think that they... um it, it creates that real strong awareness and connection, the consistency mm. of doing it all the time. But it yeah. wasn't an easy thing. I got my swipe up yesterday, which was, uh, you know, I don't know when this is going to air, but I got it on February 20. Where are we today? 25th, 25th. February 25th, February 25th, 2021. Right. So it almost was three freaking years of this. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot and- of work. And to say, I want also listeners to understand like how you've grown even using Clubhouse. You are in Clubhouse all the time, nonstop. And that is how it works. And that's what I've been telling people because I saw a huge thing. So I got in Clubhouse a um, little bit before, you know, January 1 of 2021, or maybe it was in January, but I got really sick and it knocked me out for like a month. And so I, COVID? I, no. No, I got, no, not COVID. No, something else. But I got sick and it knocked me down. And, but the thing about Clubhouse is it still grew because I was working Clubhouse. You were still on Clubhouse, even though you were sick. You're sick. No, I was off of Clubhouse for like a month. And so, how was it growing? Because of like the strategy. And I think because I had interacted and you stay interacted with people, Clubhouse was prompting people to follow. Oh, yeah. Because even still, I haven't been on Clubhouse a ton this last month in February, but it's been amazing. And I love but what you had said to show people that those connections were deep in Clubhouse and people were pinging. I think it was people were still pinging me in and I'm like, I'm in bed. I can't get on like doctor's order. I can't even look at my screen. And it was still working. But I mm-hmm. want people to understand that you grew in Clubhouse though, because you've been creating deep connections and showing up. And the key of all of this of that you have said is how important it is just to show up for your audience. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's coming up so much more because of Clubhouse because there's a lot of entrepreneurs like the before Clubhouse existed and I was just on Instagram, everyone that I was speaking to was on Instagram already, right? So so they already felt comfortable, well, not comfortable necessarily, but they already had the Instagram account. They were They were sitting there already. And so now I'm noticing on Clubhouse, a lot of people are coming to me saying, because of Clubhouse, I have to have an Instagram. Not because, you know what I mean? Because Clubhouse only really links to your Instagram and Twitter. And because of Clubhouse, I need to now have an Instagram. I have this massive company. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I have all this stuff. But the only thing that they can see is Instagram. And I have one picture of my dog. Like, what do I do? And so it's a lot. It's an interesting dynamic. Now I'm kind of switching up a little bit my ideal client because I'm speaking to people that really need help, like starting to understand Instagram and like what you need to do, your strategy there. So showing up is the most important thing. I would say showing up on stories is, is more important than anything else. I would rather zero feed posts, zero reels, zero IGTV, but show up on stories for the people that are watching. And then, you know, you'll, you'll start to grow organically that way because people will talk about it and tell people that your stories are helping them or whatever. And, you know, a random feed post are real here, but if you're not showing up in stories and you're only posting to your feed, you're, you're, it's not, it's not a good growth strategy long-term or connection strategy at least. So what's your advice for, okay, we need to show up on stories every day and that's what we've heard, but how do we know what content is going to draw our audience in. And I think like there's certain people, like you said, I have one influencer and I go to her when I need a good laugh because I know she's a hot mess like me and it's going to make me feel a lot better because Katie's going to show up like a hot mess and I can laugh about it. But how do we know what our specific audience is craving to post for them? So it's that's such a good question because I think that's such a misunderstood part of stories. People always say, what should I post on stories? And I always say, what does your audience want to see on stories? And like I said, I love seeing. And if you're struggling to know what your audience wants to see, think about what you want to see. So if I'm craving to see the behind the scenes, if I'm craving to see your workout, if I'm craving to see, you know, some funny talking to camera stories or some links to Amazon, you know, finds or cooking, whatever, like, I'm going to say, how can I apply that kind of content to my audience? Obviously, if you're not a food blogger, don't be cooking in the kitchen all day if you're like a LinkedIn strategist. But there's got to be something that you're doing. The reason why I like watching food bloggers be in the kitchen is because they're teaching me, teaching is the key, some interesting cooking hacks. So now I can say, okay, I like watching Lainey in the kitchen cooking. What can I do? Oh, I get it. Now I'm going to start showing people my, um, you know, what I do on Canva to create the best picture or, um, or let me see, maybe I can show them, uh, my ring light setup for my stories or how I create a reel. Right. And so I have my content pillars. Everyone should three to five topics that you're talking about consistently, consistently. And I kind of try to hit up all of those in my stories, not always the same day, but I think if my content pillars are clubhouse, Instagram, um, mindset movement, and like motherhood or life, just general life stuff, all my stories should probably fit into one of those things. Um, I always like a consistent story. Like I think it's a really good idea. You know, me and my workouts is like one of my things. Mm -hmm. I think showing um, the same kind of thing every day gives people like an anchor, like something to remember that you're always going to get. I remember when I first started following this, um, she's like a, 
health woman. Like years ago, the first thing I noticed was she showed making her, her like pouring her coffee in the morning, like with mm-hmm. the creamer into the coffee and this really pretty and then the stirring. And I just loved it. And she still does it every day, every day. And it's nice. It's like safe, right? Like it feels mm-hmm. like, oh, I know what I'm doing here. It kind of sets the tone. Um, and then I always say, you know, your content should be a mix of entertaining, educational, uh, like insightful. And if your audience would not benefit from seeing that slide, don't post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because I think that so many people post for themselves without thinking about what their audience wants. And if you don't know what your audience wants, ask them. Yeah, That's why Clubhouse has been good too, because it's market research, right? We can talk to our audience. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've even noticed sometimes I'll go and look and be like, okay, what was I posting? And then sometimes I'll post something that's a little bit different and I'll watch the drop off. Mm. And I'm like, oh, they didn't want to see that. Like my audience Mm -hmm. does not necessarily like it when I talk about the business stuff, but they really like it when I tell them things that are relatable, that I'm struggling like as a mom today. And like you'd said with the workouts, but I don't post like that I'm working out. I post like, here's the inspiration that I got from the instructor today. And here's how Mm. I think we can apply it. And that's okay. And that has been, people are like, oh, like then they want to know what Peloton person I'm ride with. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that has been what's been helpful to me because I'm still in that like pivoting stage too of trying to figure out like, okay, who, what, what are the people that are following me want to see? And now I'm starting to snowball past like just my friends and my family and it's other people. So now I got to figure out, okay, what are these other people really truly coming to me for? Yeah. Yeah. So how it's do we, interesting. how do we take this? strategy, which we've talked about in showing up, and we know that reels and Instagram's rewarding the reels right now. Are you, How do we put that onto reels to make that convert? So reels is just another way to show your content that you're already showing everywhere else. It's back to those content pillars. I use reels, like I can take one post and turn it into stories, reels, or IGTV, or a clubhouse room, like, or, 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 right? It shouldn't uh-huh. feel like you're reinventing the wheel when it comes to creating a reel. And I think so many people overthink. So many people think it needs to be bigger than it is because they they get thrown off by by the editing and the transitions and the beauty of some of these reels. And I have been very successful with reels where I'm literally taking a camera, talking into it for 10 seconds or three seconds, pausing it, talking into it just turned, then talking into it turned, and then talking into it. And that's it. Like if you watch my reels, uh-huh. a lot of them are just straight to talking. I also have some dancing reels, but like lately, for example, because I've been on Clubhouse so much, I, I'm not like spending a lot of time watching reels and my brain is not like getting mm-hmm. super inspired by what kind of reels to, to create. So that's why I'm doing a lot of talking reels. So if you have a post, just say on um, why Starbucks coffee is the best coffee in the world, right? I'm just holding a Starbucks cup. That's the only reason I'm using this as an example. I don't think it's the best coffee in the world, but if that's if that's what the <laughs> static post is, three reasons why Starbucks is better than every than everywhere, you can now take that post and do a reel saying the exact same things. Then you can also go mm-hmm. into stories and be like, oh my God, you guys, I went to Starbucks today. Let's talk about this. Let's unpack this a little more. We shouldn't have to create new content all the time. I mean, we're creating new content, but we should really be just kind of um, shifting it, uh, pivoting it, repurposing it a little bit. Like I can go into some of my Mm -hmm. content that I created a year ago 
3,000, 4,000 people weren't following me a year ago. My majority of my like current audience wasn't following me a year ago. They're never going to see those content pieces. So let me go in there and get it and, and repost it as a reel. No one will know or care. So smart to go back. Yes. And that's what I think yeah. people forget about, like the content that we write or the copy that we, we write, like put it somewhere because you're going to be able to reuse it down the road for sure. Totally. Totally. Such great advice. Thank you so much for chatting with me. And I can't wait. Like, and then all of this, we could have gone down a whole clubhouse tunnel too. Oh my God. Which maybe yeah, we we'll, can do again on another episode. For sure. For sure. I think we both really have loved that platform. So many other people. I've met some really incredible people that are part of my circle now. And I 100%, I don't mm-hmm. think my Instagram growth would have been where it was if not for it. So I'm very grateful. And I think that they really tie in together. I think. I think you you meet people on Clubhouse, that's first base, and then you go over to Instagram and that kind of turns into second, but showing up on stories and getting to know people and DMing back and forth, third, fourth base. And and that that's how you really, not only I don't want to say make the sale, it's not about the sale, but that's how you really make that, that connection. So mm-hmm. you need both. You need the video because we are video um, kind of like hungry. It's hard to like really, you know, when I'm listening to a podcast, I always want to go in their Instagram. I want to see like, who is this person talking to me? What do they look like? What are the, what, what, are, what does their life look like? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why on clubhouse, we're all just running over to Instagram to kind of see more. Yes. I'm always clicking in the clubhouse, like going to Instagram to be like, are you what you say you are? What do you look like? What is like the actual thing? Because the picture makes us all think that the people are, ex- I mean, we could go down, you know, well, that people are experts. And, 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 but I feel like you can easily go to someone's Instagram and see if they're walking the talk. I think it's very, very important to remember that it's, you can write whatever you want on your clubhouse bio. I can literally go to clubhouse right now and say like, I have won seven Academy Awards. Like no one's going to fact check me. And I've seen some of people that I know in real life who have clubhouse bios that are completely misrepresentations of who they are have blown them up. But that's why you go to Instagram. You want social proof. You want connect, like actual, like you want to see the the proof is in the pudding type of situation, right? Instagram Mm -hmm. makes me feel like, oh, this is real. It needs to align. Yes. 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 Oh, so good. Okay. So the last question I always ask everyone, if you could go back to one time in your life and give yourself advice from you today, what would that advice be? Oh my God, this is so good. There's so many times. Um, The one thing that I could definitely remember is one day when I came home from work and I I hadn't had my kids yet. I was engaged to my husband and I saw him after work. So I was probably like 29 or something. And I was like, do you like your job? And he was like, yeah, I love what I do. He's a camera operator, a DP for reality TV. Yeah, I love what I do. And I was like, you do? Do most people like their jobs? And he's like, yeah, I think. You don't like your job? And I was like, I don't like what I do, but I didn't know a way out. I didn't realize that there was like um, something else I could have done. And so I wish I would have been able to go back and say, trust me, there's more in store for you and you're going to figure it out. And you are more than this. Like you are, you know, I hate to use that kind of like cliche statement, but you're made for more. And this is, this is truthfully just like, you need to be in this place to get to where you're going. Yes, such a good advice. And that it can translate even into motherhood. So many moms need to know, like, you're not stuck in this season, that it you were either made for more or it will, you will change, life changes, kids change. Absolutely.
If people want to reach out to you after this podcast, where can they find you? Well, my home is Instagram. So I am at this is Donna Bowling, D-A-N-A. Um, and then I am on Clubhouse every day, all the time, probably forever. Um, and that's just my name at Donna Bowling. And then um, I have my website, DonnaBowling.com. But Instagram is the best, best way. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Michelle. I'll see you soon. I'll talk to you on Clubhouse. Yes. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling podcast community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.